Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry Bird. He was the most motivated player I ever saw. Larry Bird is one of the biggest trash talkers ever. Larry was a basketball genius. A mask of a hick from Finch Lick <laughs> out as his calling card. And if you believe that for one second, uh, you were going to get beaten. There we go. My name's Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Anyone remember Larry Bird? <laughs> A few of us. He was the hick from French Lick. He's from Indiana. He's an Indiana native. Um, really, really good basketball player. He um, was an all-star in the NBA 12 times, league MVP three times, won the NBA championship three times as well, had many other records and accomplishments. The thing about Larry Bird is that he doesn't look very athletic, right? But he was really, really good. And it was because he worked really, really hard. I found this article on Larry Bird's work ethic, and it said this, ever since high school, so this was in high school, Bird was known to begin each and every morning with 500 jump shots. He also had to hit 99 free throws in a row, or else he would start all over. He had the highest free throw percentage in the NBA four times. He then went for a long-distance run, went to practice with his teammates, performed a few more hours' worth of shooting drills, lifted weights, and did hundreds of sit-ups, and then went for another run. That was Larry Bird's work ethic. And he was so good because he worked so hard, and it helped him become a great basketball player. Well, we've all heard of Thomas Edison Here's another example of someone who worked really hard. He invented the light bulb, right? We remember that. He also had over 2,000 other inventions. So it was, wasn't just the light bulb. He worked really hard at his scientific work. He, um, he filled up 3,500 journals with notes, uh, with over 5 million pages of notes, just his thoughts and and, and his results of doing these experiments. He told an interviewer one time that for a period of 15 years, he worked an average of 20 hours a day. He would work through the night and just take little naps during the day. And his famous quote about hard work is this. He says, genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. He worked really, really hard to become the great inventor that he was. And then, if you don't know those two, all of us know Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? We, we know Dwayne Johnson. 
Well, think about Dwayne Johnson. He's a pretty muscular guy, right? He's a pretty muscular guy, but he didn't always have those muscles. Here's a picture of him as a, as a young man, little boy, and uh, uh, he had to work really hard to develop his strength. Uh, he's now 50 years old. Believe that. He's 50 years old, just, just three years younger than me, so I can be like Dwayne. That's what I'm thinking here. Um, and he's in really good physical shape, right? But he gets up six days a week at 4 a.m., does a 30 to 60-minute cardio workout, and then he lifts weights for the next three to four hours. So he works really, really hard to get into that kind of shape. And what we're seeing is that all three of these examples are, are, are people who worked really, really hard to achieve the greatness that they achieved. Well, let's dial it back into church and, and our faith. Isn't our faith worth working really, really hard to achieve all that we can be? It is, isn't it? And yet it is really, really difficult, I think, to put the energy and effort into our faith, unlike maybe other areas in our life. Well, today we're introducing a new message series titled, All In, Giving Life All We Got. We only have this one life that God has given us, and we need to give it all we got to achieve and accomplish all that God has for each of us. The key scripture for this series is Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, and it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So it says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in us, works in us in order for us to fulfill his good purpose. So God puts within us, we have all the potential put within us to achieve the purpose of that God has for us, the greatness that he has for us. But it's up to each of us to work it out, to work it out. And so that's what this series is all about. It's about putting the energy and the effort into developing and achieving the purposes that God has for us. So today we're going to look specifically at how we work out our relationship with God, how we work out our spiritual condition. And I'm going to start by uh, reading a story that Jesus taught of three servants. Two of them were all in, and, and they, they worked hard, and they accomplished what God had for them, and the third one did not. And it didn't turn out so good for the third one. And so what I want to do is, is read this story. It's a rather long story. It's in Matthew chapter 25. You can turn there in your Bibles if you would like. And then what I want to focus on is the mistakes that the third servant made and how we can learn from their mistakes to accomplish all that God has for us. So Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14. Again, 
It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have, had, would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Our message title today is Going All In Spiritually. And I believe that there were four things that we can learn from the third servant that will help us to go all in spiritually if we learn from some of the mistakes that the third servant made. So I'll give those to you in a second. Let me first pray. Father, I pray that you would help me to communicate your word today. I pray, God, that you would speak to us, that you would speak through my words, and, and Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts to hear from you. Holy Spirit, have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, first of all, we can go all in spiritually when we, number one, Face up to fear. Face up to fear. If you notice the third servant's response, he said this in verses 24 and 25. I'll just read this. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. So this third servant was motivated out of fear, right? Fear was his motivation. He was afraid, so he hid the gold and didn't do what his master entrusted him to do, which was to utilize 
what was given to him to produce fruit. That was what, that's why he was given the gold. Fear can paralyze us, right? It can paralyze us, especially in our spiritual walk, especially in our spiritual walk. We can have the fear of failure, right? We're afraid to go all in because I tried that before. Right? I tried it, and, and it didn't work out so well. I, I ended up falling into sin, or I ended up you know, just, just sliding off the track. And so we were like, I don't, I don't know that I want to go all in, because I'm just going to fa- fail again. And so fear can paralyze us. We can also have the fear of others. Like if I go all in, what are my friends and family and my neighbors and my coworkers and, and those who I go to school with, what are they going to think about me if they see me carrying my Bible? Because when I was all in before, I actually read my Bible and, and, I, and I shared my faith and, and then people thought poorly of me or they made fun of me or I'm just afraid. I'm afraid of what they're going to think. And that can keep us from going all in. When I was putting the message together this week, I thought of the third area, of fears, of just fear of what God might ask of us. Anyone ever been there? Like, yeah, okay, if I go all in, God, you're going to ask me to go to Africa. I know it. I'm going to end up living in a hut somewhere, right, sitting around a fire cooking goat. I mean, that's what's going to happen to me. And so we're, maybe it's not that extreme, but, but we're afraid of what God might ask of us, what he's going to ask us to give up. He might ask us to participate in a 21-day all-church fast, something crazy like that. See, fear can keep us from going all in. But we don't want to be ruled by fear, do we? No. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, For the Spirit of God gave us for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. But in this verse, I love the good old King James. It says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, right? Amen. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's how it was preached to me when I was growing up. So that's what I hear. But it's just so true. The spirit that God gives us is one of power. It's one of power. It's not of fear. And we don't have to be afraid. We do not have to be afraid. When we tap into his spirit, there isn't any room for fear. So don't let fear keep you from going all in with him. Going all in in your faith. Going all in with God. So we have to face up to fear. The second one is we we need to get to know God. See, this this servant didn't know God. He said, then the man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. See, this story is an allegory of what it's like when we we, uh, are in relationship with God. And so this servant didn't know his master. And he thought he was going to, like, be harsh with him and all those things. But we saw what had happened with the other two servants who put the gold to work. 
He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and join me in my happiness. And so this third servant just didn't even know his master. And if we don't know God, we might think that he's going to ask us to do things that are bad for us. Right? But he's not. I will guarantee you he will ask you to do things that are hard. Can I get an amen on that? But it's always good. It's always good. And so we need to get to know our master, get to know his character, understand him. And when we do, that's when we are passionately in love with God. And it's easy to go all in for him. It's easy to go all in for him. Now, the, the best way that I have found for us to get to know God is to read the book about him, right? His autobiography. <laughs> so this is a book that God wrote through many, many different authors about himself and about his character. But we need to read it to get to know him, to understand him so that we can go all in and understand what he expects from us. Uh, if you would, pull out your Bible reading commitment card. You guys know that this year is about commitment, right? That's our word for the year. It's all about commit. And so we're going to have plenty of opportunities this year to just commit and to dive in and to go for it. So today's opportunity is this card. And there's four choices here. It says in 2023, I'm committing to read my Bible every day. That's what this card is all about. Read my Bible every day. And the first option is to read one chapter daily. Now, there are many Christians that I know that read the verse of the day. Like they get one verse or they read a couple of verses every day. But I did the math. If you read one verse a day, you will finish your Bible in 85 years. 85 years. So it'll take a lifetime for you to, to get to know the God who wrote this book. We can't wait 85 years to get to know God. So we need to do more. I'm just telling us, we need to do more than read one verse a day. One verse is good as a, as a dessert or a snack, but we need a, a main course. And so if we commit to reading our Bibles every day, and I did this for years when I first was a teenager and I first came to know Jesus, I started reading one chapter a day. That's just what I did. And so if you read one chapter a day, you'll get through your Bible about every three to four years. It'll take about that long. But in a lifetime, you'll get through your Bible several times. So that's a good habit to get into. If you read, it two, if you read two chapters a day, you'll get through it in about a year and a half to two years. You'll get through your whole Bible. And then uh, what we have is a third option, which is to follow the 49-week Bible reading plan. So this is a challenge I'm having for us here at Lighthouse this year, is that we would read through the entire Bible in 49 weeks, 49 weeks. And so if you pulled out your second handout, we have a 49-week Bible reading plan. And no, this is not the whole 49 weeks. This is like, oh, I can do this, right? No, this is just the first two months. And what we're going to do is we'll hand these out or have them available every couple of months throughout the entire year. Um, what I love about this plan is that it's in chronological order of the New Testament. So you'll start in Luke chapter 1, because that's really the earliest story of, in the New Testament. And then you'll go back and read Old Testament scriptures that are related to what you read in the New Testament. 
And uh, the guys at Life Church put this together. And by the end of the year, you'll have read the entire Bible, the entire Bible. But you won't be doing it alone. This is something we're going to be doing together. Um, so if you've never read like through your entire Bible, this is a great opportunity because you'll have people going along with you and helping you. We'll be sending out emails, all those kinds of things, and, and talking about the, the scriptures that we read that day. I'm going to follow it this year, and it's roughly three to four chapters a day is what it takes to get through your Bible in an entire year. Um, one of the things I love about this program is that on Sundays, you read really like one verse, not very much, because the idea is on Sundays is that you're going to spend more time in prayer and worship, go to church, those kinds of things. It's also a day you can get caught up a little bit if you fell behind through the week. Um, but the intent is that we're going to read through this together this year. Uh, nice thing about this is that it's also on your Bible app. You can put up that slide. So the YouVersion Bible app is free. It's on everybody's. It's available for everybody's phone or um, iPad or whatever. And uh, you, can, you can take a picture of this if you don't know where it's at or you want to download it. Um, but if you get there and then you search for the 49-week challenge, that's what it will look like, 49-week challenge, you start reading your Bible tomorrow, okay? And uh, we will finish, if you start tomorrow, we will finish on Sunday, December 31st. So it's kind of cool the way the, the timing worked out. Um, but I want to encourage you, if you're not a daily Bible reader, Start, commit to something, and maybe you're not ready to read three to four chapters a day. That's okay. Pick one of the first two options, one chapter, two chapters, whatever. We're going to be praying for you um, this whole year and encouraging you to stay at it, uh, to continue to get into the habit of reading your Bible every day. Because I can tell you, there isn't anything that I have done in my life, there's no conference I've been to, no teaching that I've heard, uh, no spiritual discipline that I've done that has grown me more than the daily practice of reading my Bible, period. And so I just want to encourage you all to get into the habit of reading your Bible every day this year, because if you're not doing that today, it will grow you so much over the next what, 11 and a half months or so, okay? Oh, and you turn in your card, by the way, we do have um, these journals for you to pick up. Uh, that's just part of, just a great way of, of retaining what you learn is to just write down what God is showing you. So you can pick those up uh, for free as well. Um, yeah, after service. Turn those in at the Welcome Center. All right, so getting to know God. That's, that's a great way to get to know God is to read his word. There's lots of other ways, but we're going to really focus on that this year. The next way that we can go all in spiritually is to commit to community. Commit to community. Coming back to verse uh, 18, this servant took the bag, he went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. He went off by himself he thought, what should I do with this bag of gold this, that was entrusted to me? I know, I'll go dig a hole and I'll bury it. That's what I'll do. That's what he came up with all by himself. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. 
Anyone like made a decision all by yourself and it didn't turn out so good, right? I mean, it's true. We can make a decision all by ourselves, and it's just not going to be the best decision. Proverbs 15.22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. With many advisors, they succeed. Think about what would have happened with this servant if he had said, hey, hey, servant with two bags of gold, what are you going to do? Right? Or the one with five, what are you all going to do with your gold? Or maybe... Maybe he had buried it and he just walked over and said, how, how are you guys doing? He's like, well, I'm, I'm already doubling my money. Well, maybe I should do something different. If he had been in community, right, if he had talked to others, he wouldn't have made that choice. I'm a firm believer in that. But so many of us, <laughs> like myself, like to make decisions without counsel. We just do. I don't know why. It's never the best ever the best, but we do. We do. We need community. We need community, not just to making decisions, but to live out this life. We just need community. Back in 2020, you know, uh, when the world shut down for a couple of months, the church shut down too. Um, but we continued to record messages and send those out on YouTube. And we had home groups that would meet together and watch the messages and, and talk about them and do discussion. And I even heard some of those home group members say to me, you know, I, this was better than church. Meeting together and talking and eating together, it was better. They were in community when we couldn't meet together as a whole. And I will tell you this, those that were in a home group made it through the shutdown, made it through 2020 and all of the, the problems we had in so much better spiritual health than anyone else I saw. Those that were in community survived so much better than those that were not. We need community. We need each other. And unfortunately, many of us were in isolation in 2020 and 2021 and so on. And we've learned to rely on ourselves and to spend time by ourselves. And that's just not the way God wired us. He wired us to live in community. The word for church just means gathering of people. The intent all along for, from, from God's perspective was that we would gather together in small groups, large groups, you know, in couples, whatever it took, we would gather together and that will help us when we go all in for him. So this year, we're actually going to press this a little bit. Um, we are going to offer church membership for the first time here at the church. Um, I, anyone ever been in a church where they had membership before? Yeah, I have too. And when we started Lighthouse, uh, I, I was asked that question, are we going to have membership? And I said, no, not now. I'm not sure we need it today. We were a small church and we all knew each other and that kind of thing. But over time, and especially through the years, you know, the COVID years, I've just been feeling like it's time to start church membership. Meaning, this is just something where we go all in with each other. Like we commit to this church family. And uh, we're, we have a couple of classes, um, or it's one class called Lighthouse Essentials. 
It's, but it's on two different nights, on February 21st and 28th. And in that class, we build community. That's one of the things we're going to do. But we're also going to describe what it means to be all in here at Lighthouse. What are those steps? What are those expectations for all of us so that we can have the community and not just receive it? You know, so many times we think about community and it's about me. No, I'm talking about giving community too. I had someone talk to me about, like, they don't, they don't come to church every week. And, uh, but they're like, well, but I watch it online when I'm not. And I'm like, well, I'm glad that you're still receiving but I missed having you here. And others missed your handshake and missed your hug and missed your conversation. I mean, church is not just about what I receive on a Sunday. It's about giving as well. You know, that's what we need. We need a group of people that are giving and receiving and loving and caring for one another and receiving love and care and helping each other out. That comes with commitment. It really does. And so we're going to offer these classes. It is a requirement if you want to be in leadership here at the church. It's not a requirement to attend church or anything like that. Uh, it's an opportunity. And uh, most of our leaders have already been through the class and, and are already on our Team Lighthouse, which is, that's our membership group, just Team Lighthouse. And so I want to encourage you, if this is your church home, sign up for those classes. You know, you can sign up online. They're free. They're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to have lots of good snacks. I guarantee it. That's all I think about right now on the, the fast, right? We're going to have great meatballs and stuff. You know, it's going to be great. So, But it is free, and I would encourage you to sign up. We will, if you, if you can't make the 21st and 28th, uh, we are going to offer it two more times this year. But don't wait. I mean, if you're all in and you want to be all in here, Go ahead and sign up for that. So we can go all in spiritually when we commit to community. The last point, it's a little harsh, but it's just, it's just true. We can go all in spiritually when we lose our laziness. It hurts. It's convicting. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. And he says in verse 27, well, then you should have put my money on deposit. Basically, you should have done something. And so the master is calling him wicked and lazy and lazy. I don't know about you, but I can be lazy. My default is to be lazy, right? I have to push myself not to be lazy. As most of you know, Rose and I are now empty nesters, right? You know, five kids, they all, they've all moved out. And um, I, I do, I miss having my kids at home, especially when it's time to clean the bathrooms, <laughs> empty the dishwasher, right? Take out the garbage. <laughs> Our kids did a lot of chores around the house. And, uh, and they're, they're gone. I mean, they're not there to, I can't call up Ben and say, hey, Ben, can you come over and take my garbage out? It's just not going to work, right? It's not going to happen. And, um, and really, still, I'm still, my default is, is to be lazy. So after dinner, I'll go, hey, babe, 
I'm going to go like get the movie started while you clean up, but I'll, I'll wait for you. I'll pause it and wait. I mean, that's what I, now I don't do that much anymore. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think that's just true with a lot of us, right? I mean, we want to do what we think is best for us in the short run, and we don't have that long, long-term vision. And um, when it comes to our spiritual condition, I think many of us do just enough to get by. Right? We do just, just enough to get by. The average attendance uh, in a church today is three out of eight weekends. That's just enough to still feel semi-connected to the church. One month, it's every other week. The next month, you might make it once. And so you just attend. You attend. That's not what God had in mind for the church. That's not what God has in mind for our spiritual condition. Right? We have to, first of all, understand that we are lazy. I mean, it's just within us, especially spiritually. We have an enemy who's fighting against us that we have to fight against every time we want to do what's right. I mean, just it's always there. It's always a battle. And we have to put some energy and some effort into it. In the book of Proverbs, the author talks a lot about the person who's lazy. And he calls him a sluggard. A sluggard. And here's just a few scriptures. It says, a sluggard buries his hand in the dish, and he's too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. You get that? It's like, oh, it's so much work to... Oh. You know, bring it back. Sluggards do not plow in season, so when it's time to plant, they don't. So at harvest time, they look but find nothing. So, you know, they, they go swimming, right? Instead of going out and working in the field, and then they have nothing later. And this one always gets me. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. I can be spiritually lazy. We can be spiritually, spiritually lazy. But if we want to achieve all that God has for us, his plans and purposes for us, we're going to have to work hard. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So I don't want to be like that third servant when I get to heaven and just say, hey, this is, this is what you gave me. I'm giving it back to you in the exact same condition. And I don't want us to be like that. I want us to say, hey, this is what you gave me, and this is what I did with it. And it produced a harvest. And it's then that God says, well done, well done. So your last fill-in is this. Our spiritual condition is our responsibility. Our spiritual condition is our responsibility. So we can all go all in spiritually when we face up to fear, get to know God, commit to community, and lose our laziness. 
Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.